The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey there, my name is Ricky Smith, and I'm the founder of Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere, a nonprofit that simply does exactly what it says, promote kindness everywhere. We know the world is crazy right now. If you are searching for a podcast that has a deeper conversation about race, my co-host Angel Gray and I will be discussing everything going on right now on our podcast, Random Acts of Podcast, on Blue Wire Podcast Network. To find out more, go to rakenow.org. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world! Georgia's Fox. Welcome to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. I don't, maybe. I don't, like, I really, I want to say that with, like, passion. I want to mean that. I want to be first place. I want there to be baseball. We're going to talk about all that. But first, this is an audio experience. You don't get the visuals that me and Nick get. Nick gets to see. I look like, I, so I'm back at work. I can see that. I started working again, and uh, someone today was like, I got like a random like Zoom, like hop in this Zoom. Someone called me Bob Ross because of my hair. <laughs> Dude, I do nothing to this hair. It just goes up and curls. It is a nightmare. But from a visual standpoint for me, Nick's got the gun show. What, why are you wearing a, a tank top? Well, yeah, I'll get into it. So today's obviously been a hot one. Uh, usually I have the AC blasting all day, but if I blast the AC now, it's very close to me as this is an audio experience. It'd be kind of loud. So I'm doing this for, for the podcast, for the program here, sweating a little bit, making a sacrifice. You know, I run hot, man. You do. You do. I sit under, I'm sitting like under an air conditioning duct. It's not blowing right now. I don't know if people, no one's ever complained about it before. So I guess it's all right. But, um, oh, I didn't even think of that. How you doing? The riots have stopped. Yeah, feel a lot safer, uh, able to walk outside without being nervous last yeah. weekend, you know, able to able to get around a little bit. So it's been better. I mean, last Monday was clearly the worst, the worst day, I think. Last Monday was bad. Well, when did you text me? Was that Tuesday? Yes. Yeah, so Tuesday. No, 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 Wednesday. 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 
So Wednesday, yes. So Wednesday was when we tried to go grocery shopping. We went to that, whatever, Acme or ShopRite in Fishtown. Yep. We tried somewhere else. We tried to go to Maniunk. Like, we just kept going out, and we ended up in Lafayette Hill, where I'm kind of from originally, at, at Weiss Market. And they didn't even have any meat because, if you remember, there was the thunderstorm yep. earlier that morning. So we could only get, I don't know, bread, cereal, shit like that. And then I finally got some meat on uh, Monday at Target this week. But, yeah, it was a three-hour grocery trip. It really felt like the world was ending. Oh, is the Target by you open again? Target by me just opened. It's still paneled up, obviously, yeah. but it's open. Yeah. Well, the riots have stopped, which is good. The looting has stopped, which is good. The protests are still going on, which is also good. Keep protesting. I went to my first protest ever. Yeah? Which one? I went up to the Bronx. I went uh, all the way to New York. So last Friday was my last day of paternity leave. So I was just like, fuck it. Because I had all these plans for all like all spring. I'm supposed to be at a building baseball games. You know, I'm giving the kid to my in-laws. I'm going to do all sorts of shit. It's going to be sick. And then I did nothing. So I told my wife, I was like, listen, just take the day off. Let's get the baby. Let's go up to New York. Let's go get, um, let, let's go to a deli that I like in White Plains and get sandwiches, had lunch. We were going to eat in a park. We ended up eating in the car because it's raining. And then, uh, went to go to Louis and Ernie's in the Bronx, which Tiana, who writes for Bronx Pinstripes, uh, ended up going the next day because she's like, you inspired me to, to go there. I saw that on Twitter. How far is that place from the stadium? It's the other side of the Bronx. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not, like, terrible if you're not trying to get in and out of, like, stadium stuff. If you want to go sometime, I'll get you there. I was going to say I'd love to go. I mean, I can even – so here's what I do is I order – I ask them to undercook the pizza, and I finish it in my oven at home. Wow. So they that cook it. process. They, well, no, not really. I mean, I have a pizza stone, so I just crank the oven to, like, 400, and then I put it in for, like, three minutes, and it's done. So you tell them to do 90% of the work, then you put it in the car, it sits for an hour and a half, and then you finish it off? Yeah, well, I, I started doing this when I lived like 15 minutes from there. Well, 15, 20 minutes on the Upper East Side. But yeah, I mean, it's not as good as right out of the oven when they just make it, but it's better than whatever I'm getting in Philly. Uh, okay. And it's like, it's my favorite pizza place. Like, I grew up on it. So that's your number one consensus, hands down, pizza spot. Yeah, and, like, it's a combination, like, may, it may not be the best pizza. You know, like, there are the places in Brooklyn, and, you know, all the different boroughs have their, you know, places. You know, going to school in Philly, there's always New York pizza's better than this. But then when you get to New York, everyone's got their, like, you know, here's my spot. So I've got Louis Nernie's, I've got Villa Barone, and I've got, uh, and then there's, like, Four Corners in Pelham. Uh, that are all really good. But, like, Louie and Ernie's is just, like, the one you grew up on, the one, like, you love the most. So, you know, maybe Spamoonie Gardens or L&B or, you know, better. And even, you know, Portnoy does the pizza reviews. I think he gave Louie and Ernie's, like, a 7-8. So it's not a great score. It's not a bad score. But just, like, this is what I grew up on. This is what it's I an emotional like. tug yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah. It pulls at your heartstrings. So I did that. I came home. And so I grew up on City Island. And... City Island is uh, racist, is really the, the best way <laughs> okay. to put it. Um, grew up around racism uh, and, you know, just it's at the time it was like 90 percent white. I think it's like 80 percent white now. And some people I know were trying to do a, a 
protest. You know, they kind of they said, you know, we want to be on the right side of history for this. We feel like this thing. They had gone to other marches like in the city, but they were like, we want to have like our own something. We want to be able to bring out the minority, com- you know, community here, make them feel at home. Um, and it got so much pushback, and it was just like, you know, oh, they're gonna come and loot, and we're like, and they were like, it's noon on a Saturday, and it's like, and who's they? You know, like a lot of those things, um, because City Island is really known for restaurants. Like you, at the end, of, at all the way at the end of the island, it's two lanes on, you know, one lane on, one lane off. That's it. So two lane road, mile and a half by half a mile at its longest points. There's restaurants at the end where you get like fried shrimp in a basket. There's like nicer restaurants, but there's a lot of traffic on the weekends with no indoor dining. It's a lot. There are people lining up and like, you know, they're not social distancing or, you know, there is some litter at times. It's kind of the cost of doing business. And it's just like middle-aged white women being like, I left my house and I drove down to a place I didn't need to be. And uh, you should see what they're doing down there. Like as if all these people are close to each other, going to get COVID and come like spit in her mouth in her house. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of oh, these savages, shit like that. That's just not good. And it's, it puts a target on like the back of the neighborhood, similar to what I dealt with in Fishtown. So like the Fishtown shit fired me up. So I started like defending these guys and like using uh, logic, which like when you start using logic with racists, you win. Um, and even stuff like, you know, there's a guy who's, you know, a cop there who's like, oh, you guys all hate cops till you need one. And it's like, that's not what this is about at all. And people are like, don't worry, John Anthony, you're a good one. There's public records in New York. Like this guy over a three year period got paid less than $300,000 and the city of New York paid out $400,000 in like civil lawsuits from like his actions as a cop. Like you're not one of the good ones, you know, like you're just, you're not one of the good ones. So I was like defending them. And the Civic Association was letting their Facebook page just turn into all this racism. And I reached out to the president and was like, dude, you need to say something. And he was like, no, I don't. So I just went into his old tweets and he was like, Freddie Gray got what he deserved. And like, this is how the NYPD takes a knee. And it's like a guy with his knee on someone's throat. So I just started tweeting it. And now he resigned. Oh, my God. Now he doesn't have that spot anymore. All right. Making a difference. One of the Boy Scout leaders uh, tried to round people up to, like, get guns to go to this, like, noon, like, protest. Uh, so, yeah, I just called the, the Boy Scouts of America, like, the New York thing. and was like, what, are you kidding me here? Like, just on a tirade fighting racists on the Internet. So after all that, because the guy resigned Friday night as a result of, like, what I did, I was like, well, I should show up. So I drove up and went. And there were – it's funny because I got there early, and I went and met up with some friends, and I was driving back to – it was at the beginning of the island. And you saw, like, the other side, like, people walking down. They kind of protested a protest across the street. Right, and they okay. didn't really – they stood there. Like, one guy was walking with just an American flag. Very weird. Um, and then I was on Bronx 12. I was on the news because the people who organized it were like, well, who is – finds his way on the news all the time. Jack, let's have him talk to them. And I did a recorded interview and they were like, oh, can you do that live? I was like, yeah, let's do it. I called out the people across the street. They went over to ask him. People took off like running. Very funny. Watching racist run is fun. Did getting involved like that change your mindset from say Thursday to today? Do you have any kind of different thoughts or did it change at all? You think I've learned more about defunding the police. Like the idea of like when you hear like defund the police, you think like, what are we going to do? We're not going to have any cops. Um, 
But, like, the idea is really just, like, using New York as the example, because I know the numbers there, it's like, I don't know, you have $6 billion a year. Do a better job with $6 billion a year. Don't pay out $230 million in civil lawsuits every year. Um, the idea that to be a cop in New York, you need to be 21 years old, 60 college credits, and uh, above a 2.0. If someone, when I was the president of my frat, was like, hey, I just transferred in. I'm 21. I've got 60 credits. I've got a 2.0. I wouldn't let them play. Right. Like, shouldn't be that easy to be one. I've heard their physical test is that you have to run a mile in under 15 minutes, bench your body weight once, and do the sit and reach for like 10 seconds. Sounds like a total joke. I And then, like, you can look into in New York. Like, there's a ton of public records on You can see what cops get paid, like how much overtime they get. So it's like, hey, you guys are doing a lot of overtime. You're overworked, probably underpaid. Like, just restructure this whole thing. Cut. I mean, there's 32,000 cops. You're telling me we can't cut the bottom 10%? And then take that money and give it to the schools. Like, well, you take the lawsuit money. You give that to schools so then there's less interaction. And, you know, that can lead to bad things. And then... You reward the guys who are hired so they don't have to work so much overtime. And so you can get people with college degrees who have taken criminal justice classes and de-escalation. I love, I love good cops. I mean, I support, I tweet about cops all the time, the 45th precinct. Like, I love some of those guys. There's a guy who follows me for a long time, Sean, who ended up like working in my childhood police department. I, if you're a good cop, I love the shit out of you. If you're a bad cop, like, you're a piece of shit, you take advantage of, like, your situation, you probably only are doing it because you were the captain of some team in high school and everything after that didn't work out, and so now you're a civil servant with a hero complex. Um, but, you know, but if you're a good cop, that's great. Like, keep doing that because you should get paid more for doing a good job, and they should find a way to do that. Uh, and the only, like, concerning thing is, I don't know, like, you have a job, I have a job. I think people at my job suck all the time. All the time. I'm like, how's this person even fucking work here? Everyone does that. Apparently, everyone right. except for, like, that line of duty. It's like, no one is like, oh, yeah, no, this guy sucks, too. No, exactly. And I think Chris Rock had a great quote. He was like, there's some jobs where it's got to be 100% great, right? Like airline pilots. Can't be, oh, 99 out of 100 yeah. are great, but sorry, you're, you're playing crest into the, into the mountain. So it's the same thing with cops where you got to get it to that 100% level. And like you said, the training, the defunding, getting involved with education, that all help. Yeah. It's essentially like taxpayers are, are shareholders. Like you can buy stock in Amazon and Amazon is like Whole Foods and they have like all these other companies and you pay taxes and it goes to the government and that's the fire department, the police department, da, 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 da. But in the Amazon example, if at like Whole Foods, they're choking out and killing people, I can take my investment out where you can't <laughs> sure. pay taxes. So um, I just say everyone should keep fighting a good fight. I mean, bad cops are bad. Good cops are great. You know, and I get it, it's a tough job. So not everyone should be doing it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So more. yeah, and that's the political part of today. Uh, but I've been, learning a lot. Here. I've been learning a lot. I watched uh, a YouTube. I don't read. So I watched like a YouTube video on like the Tulsa massacre, which is crazy, a crazy part of our history to like not like like isn't shared. So it's um yeah. So I've just been like trying to read, trying to learn, trying to talk to people. Like some people have DM'd me. And I just like some people have like seen some of the stuff I've said and said, thank you. Some people have reached out with like their opinions on things. And I'll listen to like both sides. Um, because for, you know, I, I 1000% have privilege. I've said that a billion times. I would choose to be a white male anytime, any, like 
Time machine, drop me anywhere, white male, best thing to be. Um, always has been. Probably, you know, for a while, maybe always will be. Um, but, uh, you know, to try to use the privilege and use the platform that I have to try to help this, I think is good. But at the same time, I don't want it, you know, I don't want anyone to think it's like, oh, JJ hates cops. Like, I love good cops. I hate bad cops. Um, but let's talk some baseball, right? We got another dog shit proposal. Because Major League Baseball is kind of fucking choking me out right now. Um, the latest proposal is so... It's just a waste of fucking time and tweets. And there's, you know, I've been reading so much about, like, this whole process. And, like, at the end of March, they came to this agreement. And in April, they talked about some stuff. But, like, in May, like, nothing's been accomplished. The month of April and May, nothing happened. So the owners came back with a a 76-game proposal where the money would essentially be the same as if it was like a 50-game season. All of the owners' proposals have come back to being 33% of your salary, essentially. Like, And that's what they're saying. It's just we have 33% of salary, and they should just say that. But like, we've got 33% of the money. Hope, you know, you guys will take it. And then it's – but so you only actually get 25% of the salary – if the playoffs don't happen because of a second spike and then, but if the playoffs do happen, you get 75%. So it's to pay 76 games with no playoffs, you get paid 38, 38 games, games. And if it's, they play the playoffs, you get paid 57 games worth, but they're also throwing in that there would be no draft pick penalty for teams that sign free agents. So if you're, you know, Mookie Betts, wherever he signs, the Dodgers still would get an extra draft pick, but whoever signs them would not lose it. Um, that impacts maybe two players. I was going to say five or ten guys. Yeah. And we lost two picks for signing Cole. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the top of the top that that's affecting. So, I mean, the players aren't going to take it. They right away. I mean, before I finished reading the tweet, the players were like, "Fuck this!" It's just, it's just such a waste of time because this now it's July 10th, and then they put the like, "You've got 48 hours to answer this." Like, <laughs> yeah, right. deadlines tomorrow. Okay. Like, who gives a shit? And the owners honest. know that they're not going to take this. Why would they play 76 games, get paid for 38 of them? when they know that Manfred can mandate the 48 games and get paid for all 48 of them. Yeah. It makes absolutely no sense. Like, they're not even negotiating. They're just posturing. They're not even negotiating. They're, I, I think they only have enough money to really pay for, like, 48 games or, like, whatever they've decided. You know, they're billionaires. They have all the fucking money in the world. But – and if any, if any guy who owns a, a team hasn't made a ton of money in the last two months – on the stock market or like whatever it is they do. Like billionaires are making money hand over fist. I'm not a billionaire. I'm making a ton of money. Everyone's a genius in a bull market. Um, but they're, yeah, it's just like we're playing this game until kind of the clock runs down and then they could say, oh, it's 48 games. And I think that if it gets to that point, you're going to really lose a lot of fans. I think you Absolutely. lose more fans at the 48 than we didn't play because of, like, some kind of health thing. Like, I, honestly, I, 
it, it's terrible to say, and we're seeing spikes in 20 states, including uh, Florida has had the, the most cases. Uh, Texas, after on June 4th, their governor tweeted about how they've had the lowest number of hospitalizations. They today, they yesterday had their record of hospitalizations. Like things are starting to go back up from spring, from um, Memorial Day and just, you know, reopening and stuff like that. Um, honestly, a second spike and not being able to play baseball is the best thing for baseball right now. If they couldn't get, if they were like, hey, we couldn't do it because of this disease, would look better than we force them to play 48 games. It's like they'd be getting bailed out by the virus. It's yeah. almost the best case scenario. Like you said, and think about the opportunity that they blew. I mean, they could have came back July 4th. You would have been the first sport back. You would have had the entire country watching. People aren't going out as much. I mean, you could have had all of July to yourself. Now we'll get into it. The NBA is coming back July 31st. They already know when the finals are going to be. They already know when free agency is going to start. They already know when next year's opening day is going to be. Like, think about the NBA and how much they have their shit together. And the MLB guys are sitting there holding their dicks. It really is embarrassing. And it's kind of, I mean, obviously the field of play is different, you know, different sizes. But the idea of watching all these, they're going to run six games a day in the NBA. So you're just running games all day, games always on TV, in like an open gym in like this weird setting is exciting to me for the NBA versus the empty, like cavernous stadiums of baseball. It is, absolutely. And think about the NFL and the NBA. They're already ahead of baseball. It's not like baseball has all this margin for error and they're on the uprise. We talked about we're losing young fans, pace of play, and all that stuff. And we could go on all day about that, but... We're already in third place, and this is just kind of widening that gap. That's why it's disappointing. And I, honestly, like, there's a part of me that is like, all right, if Manford says, like, hey, it's 48 games and whatever it starts, you know, in August or whatever it is, this show may be the only thing that makes me watch. Like, I don't know that I care. See, I'm different. I Once that opening day hits August 1st, I'm all in. But until then, I can't get into this, the writers going back and forth and all this stuff before, but uh, believe me, once the Yanks hit the field, I'm all in and I'm trying to win a championship. But I understand, I do understand people like you that are like, it's not legitimate, it's not a real season. I, I understand both sides. To me, I just want that ring. Yeah, that's no. That's all I care about. And, and I get that. I get that. I'm not going to argue with you about it, um, you know, and say, you know, you're wrong because I think that is a, 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 you know, personal preference. But at the same time, it's like a legitimate, like, like, I just don't know that I care because like first it's like I can't go to the games for me for base for me baseball has always been about being at the games and I've talked to people who are Yankee fans like lifelong Yankee fans who've never been to Yankee Stadium Um, or you know there are people who just like yeah I love baseball and I only get to minor league games because that's where that's what's around you know I'm in a rural area or whatever it is or I see the Yankees on the road. But for me, it, it's been since I was a kid. Like, I, my dad brought me to opening day the year I was born. I was, you know, three, two months old. Um, That's awesome. Yankees won in a walk-off against the White Sox. Nice. Um, it, like, I just don't, without being able to go, like, it's a, such a huge part. It's like, I'm watching these games, thinking about how badly I want to be there and how excited I am for when I'm going to be there. And when I'm going to be there is like a date that I know about. I'm going to be there on Saturday, next Saturday, next Thursday, whatever it is, versus maybe in April. 
Exactly. And you do have a lot of people between our ages or my age, you have this generation that's like, I love watching on TV and I got my bathroom here and I got my food here and I don't have to worry about being there. And we're kind of the opposite. I'm like, I'll cram onto the subway. I'll sit in any section of the stadium and the bleachers, wherever. I just need that excitement of being in the stadium and you can't recreate that at home. And it's tough for guys like us to go to 15, 20 games a year or whatever that we go to, and to not have that playoff atmosphere in the Bronx, I mean, that is like Christmas to me. That first Friday night that we went down last year, any playoff game really is kind of feels like Christmas morning, so it's tough to not have that to look forward to, I'll be honest. Yeah, and, you know, it's and it, it, it's also factoring in, like, the fact that we can't be there isn't their fault, but the fact that, and I don't blame the players, the fact that these billionaires are saying, like, oh, we're going to lose so much money, when you also are all playing in stadiums that tax dollars paid for. Like, if you built the stadiums yourself, if the Steinbrenners paid $3 billion for that stadium, like, maybe I'd feel bad for them. You know, hey, we built this big stadium, we paid all this money, and no one's coming to it. You know, we, we opened this restaurant, no one's showing up for opening night. The city paid for that. Absolutely. Nobody's going to feel bad for the Steinbrenners. Who I do feel bad for, Billy's stands, the dugout, these non-franchise single location bars that don't have that corporate backing that a franchise would, I don't see how these guys are going to survive without that Red Sox Saturday, without that playoff game Friday night. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, you charge fucking $11 a beer, it's tough to feel bad for you. <laughs> but <laughs> true. Like, but the dugout, I mean, they said there was an article, I, I don't know, I probably read it two months ago, um, where they were talking about like, yeah, we might not – we just – the guy who owns it, who rents that space, he's like, we just might not be here next year. It might be someone else because for the um, the payroll, like, grants that you could get, th- none of them are eligible, or at least the dugout isn't eligible. I would imagine probably not Billy's because you have to show for what you request, you have to show that those people were employed in February and they weren't because it's all seasonal workers. Sure. No, you're right. It, it's it's going to be tough for those guys and, and the bars that we love going to. And it's, you know, that whole area around the Bronx is relying on the Yankees. The other thing is nobody's going to Billy's or the dugout to get takeout food with no baseball. Like, not all bars and restaurants can transition to all pickup or curbside to go. No, I mean, and I don't know. The Billy's was owned by a family, and part of the family bought out the other half. Uh, I talked to the old half, like, years ago, a couple years ago, and... As far as I know, like, they're, Billy's isn't open, you know, if the Yankees aren't there. Like, they don't want the South Bronx neighborhood, like, coming there um, because their price – you know, you can't, on, you can't on Tuesday when the Yankees are in Cleveland charge $4 for a beer and on Saturday charge 12 It's a different, it's a different crowd, obviously. Yeah. They're, open, they're open 81 days a year, plus playoffs. And soccer games and maybe a concert or two. They do. Oh, yeah, they do do soccer. I always see soccer on in there before. That place gets fucking packed for soccer. People have sent me pictures from there, and it it gets, like, pretty nuts. Um, Because I don't think all the other places open, too. Uh, Okay. Yeah, Yeah, stands definitely wouldn't open for soccer. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I feel bad for those guys. I feel bad for, you know, the the, the T-shirt places that are there. Um, I don't feel bad for Bald Vinny because I don't like him. He's driving to the Bronx to do cameos outside there. If you buy a Bald Vinny cameo, you should fillet a shotgun. 
Wait, like what? Like he signs a he signs a picture. No, you know what? Like ca- you know what Cameo is? Like Cameo.com is where you can it, hire like celebrities. Oh, to give you a shout out. Yeah, and so he uh, okay. does. Like he started like oh, doing. Oh my god! Like, People would pay for. He him. was like, "Get all your cameos <laughs> in. I'm driving up to the Bronx tomorrow." It's like, get out. He of hasn't it. gone to games for years. That's what, what I'm fucking right? saying. Like, yeah, he's just out there selling shitty biker-looking like T-shirt designs, and like, I, why can't I put McCann on a shirt and sell it? I don't understand. And he was a guy, wasn't he? One of those guys that's like, I'm just not going to the new stadium. It was probably no, right around go- that time. No, no, no. So he was going to the he was going to the new stadium, and then yes, had a job posting for like on-air talent. Um, I didn't, I didn't see it, but I did see he got like, I guess he applied and it just got like a form rejection letter. The same way you apply to any job. If you don't make it past anything, you just get a form rejection letter. And he got so mad and was like, after, you know, everything I've done. And it's like, you have zero on air training. Like you don't have a real, like you have none of the skills to do it. But because you yell roll call, which you did not create, you think you should have this. And so he got, like, all pissed. And then – because he was doing the T-shirt thing for a while as just his job. And this is where I ran into him. I was with Barstool, and we were, like, you know, up and coming. And I was like, hey, man, you know, da-da-da, JJ from Barstool – would love to make a video with you. I know you don't really do anything. We don't sell Yankee shirts, really. So if I could come and do roll call with you, I will, like, I'll bring, you know, we'll get a video of it. It'll be a really cool experience for me. And then in the blog, like, everything will plug back to your online store, and, like, you'll look great to this, like, thing of fans. And he told me, your fan, everyone at Barstool and all your fans are scumbags. He's an idiot. He could have made a lot of money. He could have made so much money. Redirecting all that barstool traffic to his store? Yep. Wow, what an idiot. And then, what year was this? Uh, it had to be 13, like... 13, 14? Like 14. Okay. And then maybe in like 15, I have the email somewhere, I reached out to him again. and was like, hey man, we had this interaction, we have some mutual friends, you know, because someone, I had said something about him and they were like, you know, no, he's a decent guy. Oh, I know what it was. So... He wasn't after I gave him that offer where I wanted nothing. I just wanted to make a three-minute video on my iPhone. He had, he got a job because, like, he wasn't making enough, like, the T-shirt stuff. And he had just been pissed off at yes. And so he went, you know, he had to go out and get a job. So he wasn't going to be at as many games and all this stuff. And then ESPN, the Yankees had, like, the first Sunday night game of the year. And they were like, hey, we want to come and film roll call for a commercial for the Sunday night game. And he was like, well, I can't be there. It was like a day game or something. He was like, well, I can't be there. I have work. And they were like, well, we're ESPN. So that's when we're going to be there. If you don't do it, someone else does it. And he had just started the job, so he couldn't take off. So he went on like, this is bullshit, da-da-da-da-da. It's not even the real thing. You know, like all shit like that. So I reached out to him again and was like, hey, man, I came up to you. You told me we were all scumbags. I just saw, like, these tirades you've gone on. Like, obviously, like, the shirt business isn't going great for you. Another offer. Come. You were just – this commercial, you weren't in. Let's make the video of you're the roll call guy, 
and I'll direct all the traffic to you. Basically told me to go fuck myself again. Weird. You really tried to make it work, too. Yep. And, uh, Multiple times. Yeah, so I just don't – I don't care for him. And then he stopped – and then he was – after that was when he was like, I'm not going to games like the way they treat me. And it's like, dude, you buy the cheapest ticket into the stadium. You yell – in theory, like you yell and disrupt people's experience. Why don't they let me throw out the first pitch? When you break it down to the money, yeah, the bleachers is the cheapest cheapest section in the stadium. Yeah. When it wants to get treated like he has box seats. Exactly. Games. Exactly. And, you know, listen, there, we don't quite have baseball yet, but there's no shortage of action going on with our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on Bet Online's YouTube channel, you can find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls, Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling The Final Dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Um, yeah, support BetOnline. I mean, sports are coming back. Aussie rules football this weekend like with, or okay. with fans. I could get into in that. New Zealand. New Zealand has zero cases of coronavirus. How about that? I'm sure that'll be on at a weird time, but I can get into that. They're going to have full on fans, no restrictions, no like you got to wear masks, distance, full on fans. Just they didn't sh- make it over there. Just the virus. They, they had it. They shut down. They, ah, that's they, impressive. They've got a woman leader. That's why she's probably she's a mother. She took care of everybody. Um, yeah, no. So I feel bad for you know the the local businesses there. I mean. Part of it is there is part of me that's like, well, if you build your business relying on another business, you put yourself at a certain level of risk. Um, and hopefully, like, they figure it all out. I mean, I know, like, the individual employees probably can get, you know, unemployment, which, you know, will run up at some point. And I hope, the you know, the bars, like, Billy's is a staple. Stan, I'm sure Stan's is going to be fine. Um, the dugout, who knows? Yankee Tavern's probably fine. Um, but I want to be back in the stadium. You know, it's it's hot out. It's nice out. I just want to like. It's so much. I've realized in this how much of my life is revolves around looking forward to going to baseball games. It's not even the going to the games at a certain point. It's just like looking forward and be like, all right, I got boom, boom, boom. These three games. So I drove back and forth to the Bronx this weekend twice. Didn't go to a single game. And you were kind of just looking to recreate that experience maybe a little bit. Yeah, it was depressing. Subconsciously. It was depressing. When I was driving home on Saturday, I was like, damn, I've done this twice. I'm so used to doing this drive. But, like, Nick's not drunk asleep in the seat next to me, <laughs> you know? It was different. It's not the same. You know what I really miss is getting hyped up for that big home weekend series. Like, hosting Boston for three over the weekend or Houston for three and just kind of getting pumped up. On Friday night, maybe going to the game Saturday for BP event, and then watching on Sunday night. That's what I miss. Yeah, I mean, just so much like anticipation because it is a you know it's a marathon, so you got to find those things to psych yourself up like halfway you know halfway through the season, and it's just tough. It's and at no point like yes, does part of me wish the players would be like yeah fuck it we'll play for free, but like I wouldn't if I was in their shoes. 
I just exactly. I you have, you have some empathy for them, and there's always going to be people that say they make millions of dollars, and what about the teachers and the doctors? But it's it's not applicable. Like we've said, it's a totally different job market and industry. Um, so we empathize with the players because you know we wouldn't want to do our jobs for half the money either. Yeah, start broadcasting surgeries. People will pay more to watch. Right, but. Yeah, I mean, even now being back at work, because like I'm a ba- everywhere I work, I'm the baseball guy, I'm the Yankee guy, and I work for like a big public company now. But like my team, uh, you know, like hey, so what's up with baseball? Like now that I'm back, and I'm just like, ah, I don't know, I don't think it's happening. What do you think? So like we talked last week, I forget what you put it at, but I said what did I say like seventy, eighty percent. I thought we'd have baseball. What? Do, where are you at now? I am 9 out of 10 that it's going to be the 48-game mandated season. I don't think they will come to an agreement, but I am 90% sure that Rob Manfred will say, okay, you guys can't work it out. You're playing 48 games. Get paid for 48, and then we'll do this expanded playoffs, and we're done. Yeah, I mean, and I think we're going to have something, unless, like, these spikes, like, really happen, which I hope they don't, because I was, I was getting to the point of, like, all right, so Corona's over. Like, I went to go pick up food the other day, and I drove through my neighborhood and the next neighborhood, and there were just, like, lines of people outside bars just hanging out. Like, just, we can't go inside. We'll stand outside. Like, no masks. Like, you might as well just open the doors at this point. But, I don't know. You hear some of the reporting, and maybe it's the media. Maybe it's, you know, you know, fear porn. But, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to have something. But I think it's, I think I'm going to be angry at what we have. I think you will too, and I think with 81 games, it was it wasn't perfect, but it was like you know what? If a guy hits 40, if a guy hits 20 homers, all right, he he would have hit 40. It's easy to kind of manipulate the stats where you just cut everything in half. With a 48 game season, there's nothing you can do like that, and it's just going to mess everything up. You know, think about Mike Trout missing his age 28 season or only getting 48 games of his age 28 season. It's going to mess up a lot of people's stats, I think too. It's also like. I mean, we're losing time on, like, Pujols is chasing Babe Ruth. Like, we've got guys, like, chasing records that are, are missing out on stuff. And I don't know. I mean, if it was the 82 games or, you know, 81 games, like, whatever it was, that I could say, like, okay, the circumstances of the world made that happen. Fine. Because, like, you know, the 4th of July scenario, realistic. It looks to be like that's realistic and that's taking out health concerns and things like that. You know, the details, like the the finer details that I don't know and I don't know whose wife has asthma. But this, like this 48, is a slap. it's going to be a slap in the face, I feel like. It is. And starting August 1st, I mean, you're almost getting back into football. Like we said, the NBA will be back. And we really have this golden opportunity to get started before everybody else and to be the only game in town. And now we're losing it. And kind of the same thing. Like you were saying, where everywhere you go, you're the Yankees guy, you're the baseball guy, kind of similar for me. And it's embarrassing for me to be like, yeah, you know, they're still working it out or still negotiating. And my friends are like, what, dude? Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you still figuring out? Like the NBA draft lottery is going to be November 15th. You guys uh, doing anything? It's like, man, this is, it is embarrassing. And it's tough too, because baseball is such a like boring old sport that like for so many you know, for so many people, it's so easy to be like, yeah, no, you, like, you guys are already boring, you take too long, your season's forever, and now you can't even do that. 
Right, right. It's like it's just another just another step. I mean, between the Astros thing and if this falls apart, I mean, Rob Manfred's got to have the worst year of any commissioner in any sport ever, right? Between the investigations and this. Yeah, Rob Manfred fucking sucks at his job. Like, I miss Bud Sealing, and he wasn't even that good. Yeah. Bud Sealing ended a baseball game in a tie when it was the only baseball game going on. And Rob Manford makes him look like the greatest fucking guy of all time. He but, does. He, he was lax on steroids. He screwed up a bunch of things with the union. Uh, that all, And he made the All-Star game count for the World Series. Like, he did a bunch of dumb shit. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, I would do anything to have Bud be leading this charge. Yeah, it's... I wonder, you know, the thing is, it's not like the people can vote him out and just be like, dude, you're doing such an awful job. Like, the owners would have to, but he's sticking with the owners. You know, he's not applying any pressure on the owners to, like, hey, suck it up and and play. You know, even with, you know, salary concessions that the players were looking for, you know, the players were willing to take money over the next two years, you know, after this. Like, you can defer some money, but... And I think Manfred should have pushed him there. Like, I, I don't think the 100 and what was like 114 games, I think that's a lot. It's tough to squeeze that all in. It's tough to have the season go too long. But I think at that, like with that offer, I put it on Manfred to go to the owners and say, if listen, they're going to make some concessions here. Let's get these 82 games in. Let's make some money. Let's get the playoffs. Let's keep the fans. And... You know, I mean, you've got a full year of kids that aren't going to baseball games, who are playing more video games, going to see other sports, going to see dad watching or mom, you know, where everyone's equal. Uh, we're going to, you know, watching the NBA or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and you, they're not going to see baseball. And these are also kids that just missed a season of Little League. Like you right, gotta I think it like think the, about at that, the ground the floor. Yeah. At yeah, the ground no. floor, kids are missing and it's so easy to miss a year of a sport and not go back to it. Oh, absolutely. I didn't even think about the grassroots aspect of AAU, Legion, high school ball, and little league for, for the younger ones. Yeah, no. That's All a great that point. Shit. And then then there's also, you know, as you get into like socioeconomic things, and I don't want to bring it back to, you know, too much back to the beginning, but if you're a if you're a rich kid and a lot of times, you know, a rich white kid who's got a trainer or whatever, you know, the super parents that are like, you know, we got to get you, you know, getting lessons. Tom Amansky's coming to the house versus like if you are, you know, from a family that, you know, doesn't have as much like you aren't getting that kind of training. Like you're falling a year behind in terms of skill. So that can hurt baseball as a whole as it tries to be as it's supposed to be trying to be more diverse and then i also wonder with all the shit going on like i see we've seen videos of gary hitting we've seen luke voigt hitting you see some of the top guys doing stuff and we're talking you know just yankees there but like you know some other guys around the league i think whenever this comes back we're going to see a huge difference between the haves and the have-nots some guys have been sitting on the couch some guys have been just grinding, you know, every day. Like DJ LeMay, who still doesn't know what's going on. They just took the calendars off the wall, and he has no clue. Um, and he uses a flip phone, so it doesn't have to date anyway. But, like, everyone out, you know, they're, I don't know, is Tyler Wade drinking tequila right now? He's hanging with the 161 boys. But yeah. Uh, no, right. it's, it's like the old days where players used to show up to spring training, and some of the guys would be in shape. 
some of the guys wouldn't be. It's like you saw who would stay in shape over the winter, whereas now everybody kind of comes in in shape and you stay in shape 24-7 year-round. But like you said, with COVID, we've talked about different players having different facilities, different, obviously, training options at home. So I do think there's going to be a huge gap of rust, especially because, look, there's some guys who are probably playing a lot more video games than hitting. And there's some guys like DJ who have just been taking ground balls the whole time, and we'll see that gap. Well, I think you're also looking at um, because this has gotten contentious between the two sides. And, you know, there are definitely some players. There might even be some players who have, like, big contracts, you know, maybe a Robinson Cano type of attitude that say, you know, the old Shaq quote, I got hurt on company time, I'll heal on company time. Um, you know, Scotty Pittman, you just watched The Last Dance. They're going to fuck up my summer with a surgery. Exactly. Great quote. Um, so you definitely, you know, as this guy contentious, there are probably guys who start ramping it up, now shutting it down, ramping it up, and just go, fuck it. You know, you're going to pay me anyway. Um, you're not going to pay me what I want, but you've got to pay me something. So I'll show up and I'll get in shape at spring training. I'll get in shape over the first week of the season. And if we don't win, I don't know, you know, it's an illegitimate championship anyway. I'll be back next year to make my $20 million or whatever my contract says. It's easier to justify it that way. The other thing is for pitchers, who the hell knows? I mean, some of them could be ramping up. Some of them are probably like, I don't want to do anything right now. Some of them are probably just playing catch. There's no real protocol or roadmap for what they should be doing, and it could be dangerous if they come back and rush back. I mean, how devastated would we be if one of our pitchers tries to ramp back up super quickly and then it's TJ? Then 2021 is fucked. Yeah, I mean, there's probably guys who are going to run into that stuff. You know, we're, we I think as we get into a spring training 2.0, which is like, you know, the Yankees and Mets have said they're not going to do it in New York because of COVID. But now with Florida, like, is it safer to do it there? Where are guys doing it with the heat? You know, there's so many factors. There are be guys who overdo it, who try to go too fast, who get hurt. It's a nightmare scenario. This whole it thing. really is. For the position players, it's a little bit easier. You can take ground balls. You can shag fly balls and take BP. But I'm I'm specifically worried about our pitchers for sure. I also think it doesn't look good that, you know, I mean, I guess hockey. But, like, we're a white – baseball's a white sport. You know, obviously there are a lot of uh, Latinos and Asians. Um, and I hope I'm saying all these in the right terms and don't get me canceled. But, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? It comes from a good place. Um who play in it, but, like, it, when it comes to, like, the black community, we don't really reach, reach them. And then when it comes to even, like, the price of attending baseball games, some of these, uh, you know, communities that have less, like, can't get there in person and stuff. So, like, you're just we're burning so many bridges, it feels like. We are, and the average baseball fan is, what, a 55-year-old white guy yeah. who lives in the suburbs or lives in the country somewhere. And in the shadow of what's going on in the world right now, they'd be like, oh, the rich white guys couldn't get back in time. <laughs> right. You know, the rich white owners wouldn't uh, – For to a certain extent, it's like, oh, the rich white owners wouldn't pay some of the white players who – and, you know, a, a lot of Latinos, a lot of, you know, uh, Asian players. I just don't exactly. think it, it feeds good. right into it. It feeds right into it. We've seen that happen with the NFL a lot, and it's a bad look. Yeah, it looks terrible. I think, you know, Manford – and I don't even know. I haven't even seen if baseball, like, put out a statement about, like, what's going on in the world. Hopefully they did. They, they may not have because they're so dumb. Um, someone should force Manfred's hand like they did with uh, with Goodell. Right. Hey, man. Uh, the Yankees put out a, a statement the other day. They did, like two weeks late. Yeah. That's great. That's up there with, like, um, I remember 
Stanton bought like a lot of masks and stuff, but it was like six weeks into Corona. It was like, what <laughs> took so long? You didn't think this was serious? They sent you home. He was chilling in California. Yeah, like you just not really didn't. paying attention. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but I think there's, you know, I think this can be very bad for baseball, and it stinks. And the the one thing that I don't like is people are like baseball keeps fucking it up. Baseball's gone the longest without any kind of interruption in play. Like they've had, everyone else has had lockouts, strikes, and all this stuff. The NFL hasn't lost like many games. The NBA has lost games. Baseball has been going for 26 years without or 25 years like without something and it's like such a good streak to keep going and they're just not doing it no it is and and think about it, if this does get screwed up what's going to save them this time in 94 95 we came back in 98 give me and fucking we had steroids. steroids give me steroids. run race it's all I'm, good i'm Everybody here for steroids. big mac yeah what's going to save us this time and i don't i don't see that answer i'm here for steroids like, i think everybody should just be allowed to be allowed to take them just juice it up. Yeah. Like, why not? Who cares? These are grown men. Let them do whatever the hell they want to do. Um, Amen. So I tweeted out from our handle, um, does anyone have any questions? So we don't just have to rant about how much we hate the owners again. But we did it anyway. Um, but we did get a uh, a question from a guy, Kyle, who has been following me. I don't know if it's been for a while or since I came here. I just recognize because he's got the, uh, his uh, avatar is just like, he looks like he uh, sells real estate. Okay. It's just like a, a plain white background, white shirt. The collar stays are in. He never took them out to do coke in them. <laughs> um, Kyle Radley, K Radley on uh, Twitter. Uh, and he asked, uh, it'd be helpful if I had the tweet in front of me. Random question. I know it's a Yankees podcast and you guys are Yankee fans, but I have curiosity. If you weren't Yankee fans, what team would you be a fan of? For me, it would be the Blue Jays. I grew up and currently live in Syracuse. Their AAA team was here until about 10 years ago. I mean, I think you just end up being a Phillies fan, right? You would think that, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go San Francisco Giants. Um, like a lot of their current players that, that recently won. I like Buster Posey. I was a big fan of Mad Bum when he was dominating. Uh, Brian Sabian, who was the GM that kind of built those teams in San Fran, was actually kind of running the Yankee system for a little bit. Uh, Dave, before that, Dave Rigetti, who obviously pitched for us, ended up as the pitching coach there. Um, so there is a Yankee connection. They got great heroes like Willie Mays. They got great villains like Barry Bonds, and they got a great ballpark. So I had to pick an NL team, and I'm going with San Fran. That was for I don't know how much prep work you did for this. <laughs> very little. That was a very thorough answer. Thank you, man. Thank you. Like, because I asked the question. I've known about the question for a day now, and I'm just like, I don't know. I probably would have been a Mets fan. Like, I probably, yeah. I probably would have been a Mets fan because, and it's really the only reason I'm a Yankee fan is my dad had like connections, like my my. You know, my dad's one of those guys who just, like, knows guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a certain extent, like, I've kind of become that, too. But, you know, we had connections with the Yankees. That's why, you know, we were there all the time. So I probably would have grown up, like, sitting behind the plate at, you know, Shea Stadium instead of Yankee Stadium. Although I did always – so I've only worn one other team's hat, and it was the Cardinals. I needed a red hat. Like to go with, like, you know, when you're in college and it's like, well, I got to match all my outfits. And of course, my hat's involved in that. I had a Cardinals 
like okay. outfit. I hooked up with a girl from St. Louis, like because of it. So it was like, hey, you gotta cool. start talking about Albert Pujols and yeah, she was good like, I'm from St. Louis. I was like, you know, 19. So she was like, I like the Cardinals, and I probably just down talked her. Like I probably <laughs> mansplained baseball to her. Of course, yeah. Before that was word, but no, I didn't put geography into it at all. In fact, I guess I picked the furthest possible team. Uh, That's what I thought. But I was like, this is so, when you said San Francisco Giants, in my head, I was like, what a stupid answer. And then you were like, I got a lot of reasons. And I was like, I guess I'm a moron. You've been to that stadium, right? Because you go out there. I have been, yes. I've only been it's once. It's sweet. It is sweet, man. So kind of funny story. So I had a job based out of New York, but I moved here, and my boss – also had moved like to the Philly area maybe like a year before me. So we both flew in and out of like the Philly airport. And I was interviewing for my current job and they're like, yep, so we need you to fly to San Francisco to do like seven interviews in a day. So I was like, all right, here's the game plan. I am going to take off Friday afternoon. I need you to book me a red eye on not a red eye, like the reverse red eye, whatever, um, to San Francisco. So I'll leave at like, I got like five o'clock flight, get San Francisco. I'm going to get up at like 6 a.m. I'm going to work in the morning, be like, oh, I got to duck out, you know. Um, and I, so I did that, went, had the interview, met up with a buddy who lived in San Francisco and got, you know, like beers and food and was like, all right, he was walking me back to my hotel. And my hotel was uh, four blocks from the stadium. So we're walking, and it's like, stadium's two blocks this way, hotel's two blocks this way. As we get to the corner, I get a notification, like, your flight's delayed four hours. So I was like, all right, well, you want to go to the game? And so just hopped on StubHub. I think I paid, you know, paid like $40 a ticket, sat in the second row at third base. Oh, and, then, wow. and then I was worried about, and now this may date myself compared to you, but there's an episode of Saved by the Bell where Zach Morris, like, skips school and then he catches a foul ball and ends up on TV. And I was like, this is what's going to happen to me. It's like, because they're playing the Rockies. I was like, Arenado's going to have some sick play, like, right here. He's going to dive into my arms or some shit. He's on Web Gems all the time. Man. Yeah, and I was like, I'm going to end up, because my boss was also traveling that day. So I knew his flight info. I was like, I had to avoid him in the airport, like, make sure I didn't run into him. And then his kids are, like, really into baseball. They're watching fucking every sports center. I was like, I'm going to end up. Yeah, a lot of landmines for you in this situation. Yeah, I mean, like, I definitely overthought it, but I was like, this, you know, I, I overthink things to make sure I don't end up getting in trouble. Sure, the food is incredible there. Did you do a stadium eats out there in that center no, field? No, so I, I didn't do it because I wasn't, you know, planning. It was, like, very mm -hmm. quick, like, we bought a right. flight, you leave tomorrow. Um, yeah. And I didn't know I would even be there, you know, be doing anything. I was just trying to get this job, and... uh yeah, so I didn't do that, but I went out into, yeah, it was like, you know, left center field or whatever, and I got the, uh, I think I got a tri-tip sandwich. Yeah, um, incredible. Yeah. I forget what else I had. Like, I got a couple couple different things, like just, you know, because I had a buddy with me, so I was like, yo, I'm just going to start buying stuff, eat half of everything I get. Yeah. I'm a good guy to go to a game with because I buy everything. I buy all the food because I want to try it all, and you get half of it for free. I can attest to that, man. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. It. A lot of good stuff coming, but no, yeah, so be the Giants. Love that stadium. I got to get to more – I got to get to more stadiums. That's something I got to be better with. Yeah, I – like the Yankees played out there a couple of years ago. It was – I know it was the same time. I was there on like a Friday. The Yankees were there like the next weekend. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. Like I've this just missed the Yankees a couple times. That, like I've missed them out there. Um, yeah, I want, I was trying to do like Oakland and the Dodgers last season. 
because uh, they were like back to back. So it's you know I was gonna go to work for San Francisco for work, make up like meetings to go there, go to Oakland, have my wife fly out to L.A. I'll meet her there, um, and that just didn't happen. I mean, I plan on going to Iowa this year, which obviously didn't happen. Right? Have you um, seen the Blue Jays? I have. I did in 2012. The summer of 2012, I did a contract for a company in Toronto. And so, like, every month I'd go up there for a week for, like, four months. And so one of the weeks I picked was when the Yankees were there. So I, I think they did, like, a two-game series, and I went to both of them. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird because one of them, whenever you go to one of those stadiums, um, it's weird because one day it was pouring rain. So it's like you're in the pouring rain, but, like, I'm definitely going to see a baseball game. Oh, yeah. I can't and it's even, air, I can't and it's air conditioned because then you go in and it's air conditioned. You're like, shit. Like, I've had that happen in Tampa, too. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you went to you went to the Trop? I've been to the Trop a billion times. That had to, is it as bad as everybody it's says it is? It's so bad. So I went to the Trop. I've been going to the Trop since 97. My parents lived just south right. of there, and we used to vacation where they moved. So when we'd go down, it was like, great, you know. I want to go see – I love baseball. So I would go to minor league games, whatever I could get to because we had family friends who lived there. And they had a kid who was a little younger than me who was into baseball too. So even if, like, my dad's friend was like, yeah, I'll take you guys. You know, I'd go see, like, Pirates single A. Um, I've been to, you know, when it was – what was it, Legends Field before it was Steinbrenner Field? Yeah. Yes. I've been to, like, a ton of minor league games there. Uh, but, yeah, so I've been to the Trop. I went to – Ray's Fan Fest in like '98, I think. Uh, I just, as a kid, I was like, I ha- couldn't have been recent. No, I just happened. We happened to be down there, like for vacation, so we went because my birthday's in February, February 17th. So we would go down. We get President's Week off in New York, so we would be down there, and it was like, oh, they're doing this thing. So I, I forget what game it was, um, maybe like RBI baseball, some shit like that, where uh, they had it set up at home plate. And but you were playing on the jumbotron. And it was home run derby, and I knew whatever the cheat code was. So I was in like eight hundred foot home runs. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I did all that. Like I've been on the field there, and I did stadium meets there in twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. Okay, and for that, like they invited me down. It turned into this whole thing. Like so, they invited me down, and we were having this like you know, and but we were gonna have a back and forth on Twitter. And it turned like it looked like pretty savage, but it was all behind the scenes, like kind of scripted, and uh, like a lot of Twitter beefs. Yeah, so people were like, "Damn, JJ got fucking owned by the Rays," da 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 da, because they were like, "Well, next time you want," because I made fun of them at the after the game, and they were like, "Well, next time you you know want free tickets, don't come to us." And people were like, "Oh, you got roasted," and I was like, "Well, I'm not gonna get this like social media intern like in trouble where like I could just so like here's the email where it's like, hey." Can you come and da 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 and film all right, this stuff? Yeah, yeah, you don't want to go yeah. that deep. Um, but and they, I showed up and they were like, "All right, we have eleven things for you to eat." And I was like, "I'm sorry, what? Like, I do one thing a video, you know? I did eleven things. Uh, the food's actually pretty good. They have barbecue there and they have like smokers outside the stadium, so uh, when, when people cool. leave, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I've done that. I've done a bunch of stadiums, but. You know, there are ones that I definitely would like to get to that now that I have a kid, I'm never going to. Yeah, ho- I mean, hopefully anybody can get to them, man. I don't think anybody's going to go this year. Hopefully next year can, can see some new stadiums because i got a few, got a few on my list as well. I've never even been to, like, City Field. City Field is so overrated to me. Mets fans hype it up a lot. 
They always talk about like, like, they say it's consensus better than Yankee Stadium. I'm like, really? I mean, I've never been there, but it's a lot of hype around. They it. always talk about like how good their um, uh, what the hell, the uh, like the food is there. Yeah, and, like, Shake Shack. I don't care about Shake. Yeah, Shack. I could go to a fucking park and get that. Right. So. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's all we have. Quiet, quiet week. You'd think you'd think next week we'll know we'll know one way or another. I think you gotta mandate to. the forty eight, right? You gotta mandate the forty eight, but I'm thinking August first. Yeah, I don't think we'll see anything in July. Yeah, but I, well I think we'll see spring training and so I think like there's a certain point where like when do you when do you just like cut this bullshit out? Because at this point we're looking at what's more the tenth. So when this comes out is the tenth. So they have till like the end of business or whatever to accept, which they're not going to. And then maybe they'll have another proposal. But then by this point, you know, it's it's the weekend. So now it's Monday. It's the fifteenth. We're halfway through the month. You're talking about a spring training that would start, you know, like July tenth ish or whatever. So you might as well just say like, hey, listen, we're just gonna. Do 48, 50 games, whatever it is. It's going to start April, uh, August 1st. You might as well do an extra week of spring training. You know, because it's like three weeks of spring training, but, you know, pitchers and catchers, like, let's prevent injuries then. Right. No, absolutely. And and it's basically going to be a month. It's got to be a month from we agree to opening day because the 10 days to get to spring training and then the three weeks of spring training. So like, let's say they agree today. It'd be July 9th. Yeah. July 10th. So that's how you got to think about it. So thinking that they'll agree sometime end of June, like we said, start August 1st. And, and we basically get two months, two months of baseball and then playoffs. So it's going to be a sprint. But Those gonna games be, are going to be intense, man. Imagine we start 0-2. I just think, I think the quality of play is going to be lower because I think there's going to be the haves and the have-nots in terms of like who was really working out, who got discouraged, who doesn't give a fuck because it's 48 games, I'm here to get a paycheck. We don't know what players are going to get medical exemptions because they have pre-existing conditions and can still get paid. Who's going to say, hey, my wife's got asthma or whatever it is, you know, my kid, whatever it may be, so now I can get paid to not play, I'll be back next year. So we don't even know like what these teams are going to look like because to a certain extent, I mean, and I always, I just use him because he's the highest paid player, Mike Trout. Like if you have an infant, I believe that's a pre-existing condition. Like you can't, you know, I can't go do this and have this infant. No, you're right. And I think you are right for the beginning of the season. I think those first 20, 25 games going to be a lot of rust, kind of people all over the place. I do think those last two weeks of the season with the expanded playoffs and everybody kind of getting ramped up, I think that's going to be some intense, exciting baseball down the stretch. That'll be a sprint, yeah. I mean – and also, then, you know, you're going to get minor leaguers who are going to get more of a shot, you know, who's going to, you know, be considered a scab. There's just, there's so many, like, different elements to it that it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But I don't like it, you know. I, I, I don't, I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. I will cave. I will end up watching it. I will fucking love baseball. Of course. But, you know, it, as a huge baseball fan, I mean, I, you know, I don't have to do any of this. I don't have to blog, make videos, podcasts, or whatever. But I've been doing it for six years, seven years, because I love baseball. You know, play baseball. And it's, you know, I just look at, like, if I can feel the way I do, there are so many people that are, you know, lesser fans. I don't mean lesser, like, I'm a better fan than them. Just not as big of a fan who are like, ah, I like baseball, who are just like, well, fuck this. 
I'm going to go watch LeBron James dunk in this mystery gym in Orlando. Hey, you're exactly right. And my mindset has been, you know, 99% of people care less than me. So if I'm starting to get apathetic, it's like, shit, that means everybody else has <laughs> clearly lost interest. So, yeah, same thing. I get it, man. Yeah. So. Well, that's what we got. You can follow Nick on Twitter. At NKirbyNYY. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Follow the show at George's Box Pod, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, I don't know. Whatever it is, we're going to win it, and then we'll see you at the parade. All right, so we were done. You know, I said the parade thing. I did the parade thing, and we were done. I since had some shawarma. What did you have for dinner? Chicken cutlets. They were fantastic. Chicken cutlets. That's nice. Um, and then as I'm getting everything ready to, like, send everything to the, uh, the editor, producer, whatever he is, um, Jeff Passan tweets, the MLB's Players Association is making a proposal to Major League Baseball for a season of around 89 games with full prorated salary, uh, full prorated share of salary and expanded playoffs. Sources familiar with the situation told ESPN. It would bring the sides closer to a potential deal and is about 25 games under the last union offer. He then replied to his own tweet saying the proposal is 89 games, not around, and is 25 fewer than the union's last proposal of 114 games at full pro rata, sources tell ESPN. So they had till Wednesday, and they got their work in early. Yeah, it's a great – I think it's a great offer. Getting full rated pay, like you said, 89 games, it's solid. It goes from July 10th to October 11th. I like the regular season stretching a little bit into October. I think it's a great timeline, and I think this is a negotiation where the owners can come back and say, all right, how about 70? Do we have a deal at 70? So, I mean, I hope that's what it is. There's, you know, there's something to be said in the fact that they got back early. You know, they they made a significant cut from the amount of games – but, like, they're still asking for more money than the starting point. Like, the starting point was, of everything, was 82 games and for less money. And the player is saying, well, we want 82 at the correct money. And now it's like, well, how about seven more than what you wouldn't do before? And, yeah, they're getting they're getting closer and going back and forth and obviously coming down from 114 right to 89 that gap continues to go and look the owner's gap was at 48 so you got to find that number between 48 and 89 and that's all they need to do to have a deal i think they're really close i i don't feel as great about it i i feel like they're very i mean they are they're 41 games apart they are they are but they're they, oh. at least it feels like they're negotiating now like before they were kind of just sticking each other up and now it feels like okay here's a real offer yeah i mean i think it the fact that it came back quick, and I, I worry with all of these, like, who's just trying to play, like, the media? Like, who, like, we, you know, almost like we both know where this is going. We know where this breakup is going, but who's going to look like the scumbag in it, you know? Um, so that's always my concern. Like, hey, if this is a good faith offer and, like, we did this in the timely fashion we really want to work something out here, but, like, our guys have to get paid. And if they have any kind of information that, like, maybe we don't know about where it's, like, 
we feel 89 is a sweet spot because, you know, based on our calculations, that would get you over whatever hump financially. Um, like some, something selling it besides just like, hey, here's a thing. Uh, I think would And that's in the fine print in the proposal that we obviously won't see. Yeah. So – and we always find out like a day or two later um, – you know what would uh, what would be there? I saw also it wasn't passed. Someone else had tweeted that it would have expanded playoffs for this year and next year. Uh, I did see that. That seems inevitable, no matter what they come to. It seems like we're in for extended playoffs forever. I think. Yeah, I mean, but it's now they're they're talking about going eight aside. Like they're trying to add another team in to get another series for, like, this year. So it was like, oh, we're already going to expand, and now we want more. Um, but, you know, Passon said, Bob Nightingale said that, like, the union's probably going to reject this also because everything that we've been hearing for the last, I want to say, like, three or four days has been September 27th, this is over. Right, and this October 11th is obviously stretching that by two weeks. Yeah. And starting July 11th seems aggressive, too. I mean, the union continues to be aggressive in their number of games and their timeline. They're willing willing and able to stretch into October. But for the owners, like you said, that's a big no. How long till someone tweets uh, that it's a non-starter? I think I already saw that. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're just non-starter. <laughs> like, that's every even hint of an offer has been non-starter. I'm trying to think. Was it Joel Sherman? Or I, th- I thought I saw somebody say that. But, yeah, it'll be it'll be rejected. Um, but hopefully the offer that comes back, I mean, we could see a really good offer by the owners on Thursday maybe or Friday, so it could be imminent. Oh, also, part of the union's proposal involves setting up a joint fund with the league of $5 million to support minor league players and social justice. Perfect. Huh. Can't dislike that. The NBA Also, the NBA Finals would end... October 12th at the latest. So this means that baseball's playoffs wouldn't be going up against them. I love it. I, we talked about that earlier. Yeah. How I said the NBA Finals. Yeah, no. Wow. Yeah. I mean. This is well thought out. So, yeah. So that's the kind of stuff that, like, is what I'm looking for. You know, not just like, hey, you know, we want some money. You want some games. Because that's the way we all look at it because we're all dumb. You know, we just see, like, these guys don't want to play for us or these guys don't want to pay them. But, like, yeah, give me the – like, now you're selling me. Now, Sell your sources. Show your work. Yeah, exactly. Let's see why. Yeah, it's the same thing. Give me, you know, give me some numbers. Give me some dates. Sell me. Tell me why I should be driving off this lot in an 89-game schedule. That's what I'm saying. And, and you said the owner me. showed up with 30 grand and said, what can I get with 30? You know, it's like going to the car dealership yeah. and, and doing that. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Get, get me going off this lot. Huh. So it would have the expanded pro season. I'm seeing, yeah, t- 20 and 21, which would be eight teams aside, which, I mean, just means, like, we're in the play. You know, great. Wake me up for the playoffs. Um, but And, like, we're probably not going to go back. They're not going to, oh, you know, we don't need that money. Like, Once they gonna- see the revenue, yeah, they're keeping it. It does give us a nice cushion in case we don't get the one seed if we do slip up in the beginning and say we're the sixth seed. I mean, it could happen, so yeah, gives no, us a little bit of a net there. It could definitely happen. I think the um, idea, though, of just all those teams, like, yeah, they're never going to be like, oh, well, we had these extra rounds. 
let's not keep that revenue. Essentially, the owners get to keep it for two years. Like, so they get whatever that increase is for another round, four extra series for next year. Like this year, it helps like bridge some of the gap. Next year, it gets them over that hump. Everyone gets back to square. And then it's the new CBA. So they'd have to cut the players in somehow on more of the playoff money. Um, they'd still make a healthy profit, but. No, exactly. Look at how the wild card game has changed. It started as one game. Now it's going to be a three game series. In three years, that could be a best of five. And you're basically adding another DS. So they're just going to keep adding games any way they can. Maybe they'll cut down the season then to like 130. And that's something we've seen people that won 144 or yeah. 148. I've seen. I've seen a lot of that recently. I think if you, you know, if we take the money out of it too. The 89 games, it's only 13 away from this, the last, like, 76 game. The problem is the money. I mean, because now it's 89 from, you know, getting paid for 57 instead of, you know. Yeah, it's tricky with the math. And, yeah, the owners were willing to do 76 at the pay cuts. So, I mean, the numbers aren't that far off. You have to squint a little bit, but it's it's, it's, it's just the money. Enough. It's just the money. The owners just have to pay. But, like, the owners are – I mean, they're paying less – I think – I don't know. I don't know the numbers around it. Maybe that extra round of four series per league is, you know, you know, maybe maybe that does it. We're really watering down our playoffs, too. It's going to be weird. Eight on eight. I yeah. mean, that's like basketball or hockey. Yeah. Yeah. It's less than ideal. Fight in for that eight seed. <laughs> You're going to have multiple teams under 500 making the playoffs, I would think. Yeah. You're just going to – oh, man. We're never going to miss the playoffs again. We're never going to miss the playoffs again. The rest again, of our lifetime. But just think about, like, hearing that. Like, it's a late September game. We're already wrapped up, I don't know, the fucking three seed. And then you just have, like, oh, and the Mariners come into town this weekend chasing that eight seed. Ugh. Oh, yeah. I think I can hear Paul O'Neill puking already. We'll be trying to get an Orioles starter or something at the trade deadline, and they'll be like, we're only seven games out of the eighth seed, and it's yeah. going to be more leverage for sellers at the deadline, too. No, none of these rules ever help us. Oh, that's, that's... Yeah, but who knows? Maybe we'll get us baseball. Maybe that money will be the difference. I mean, the owners are acting as if, like, if they part with the money now and get it in a year, it'll be a huge deal. You know, the... Especially with the deferment of like, oh, you can just pay later, but you owe the money. Who knows, you know, if this, if it's, you know, pay now and get the money later, they'll go for it. But that's also in the unpredictable world of COVID. That's the thing is like, if we have a second spike and miss the playoffs, then what? And we'll see if the counter proposal that comes back from the owners has any wrinkles with the cancellation. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, the there. hopefully the players like that's the thing that would help get me driving off the lot in an '89 series, in '89 season. Just fucking, maybe they have something in there of like, here's how we'll make it up to you, but without giving up any money. I don't know. See what Tony Clark put together. Yeah, let's see. So, yeah, we just wanted to hop on and talk about all this. We would look dumb as shit. Imagine you download a podcast. Even when I saw it, I was like, fuck, I don't want to get on again. <laughs> but, yeah. So, um, who knows? 89 games, 48 teams in the playoffs. Uh, it's turning into basketball, but we'll win it. We'll see you at the parade.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.